It is a classic, Sonique, right here on the Fuse 984. I put a spell on you. You let me know what you want to listen to. I'll make it happen just for you on 0701984984 and the Fuse 984. Today's one of those days and one of those interviews, by the way. I'm trying to keep composure and stay calm, but I can't. Woo! Let me explain to you why a decade ago, a film changed the way we watch films in Kenya forever. And of course, it had to be a Nairobi Half-Life. Kenya's best-known featured film, the Kenyan-German Coke production, was produced in joint collaboration between One Fine Day Films and Ginger Inc. Film Africa. Uh, with the support of the German Federal Ministry of Economic Cooperation and Development. Yes, that is a mouthful. Trust me, what you were watching changed forever. I remember one whole year it was in cinemas. I think I... <laughs> Every month I was in cinemas with my mom and my sister watching because it was just so fantastic. I'm joined in studio with Tosh Getonga as well as we talk about it 10 years later, what has been going on when it comes to Nairobi Half-Life. Maybe for those who don't know, uh, what is Nairobi Half-Life all about? Um, wow. <laughs> for 10 years I've been speaking about this. Um, <laughs> Nairobi Half-Life is, is a movie about... Um, Hey, by the way, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm supposed to say that, yeah? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, Nairobi Half-Life is a film about a young man who comes from Shags and comes to Nairobi with the hope of making it um, uh, in life. And his passion is uh, movies. So, back home, he actually sells uh, DVDs and uh, wanted the bigger stage to be an actor, to be, you know, in the theaters. And so, he gets a chance and decides to come to the big city only to realize that um, the city is not what it looks like from from outside. And um, eventually, uh, because of tough times, he eventually joins a, a, a bad crowd and ends up being living two lives, uh, one being a thug and the other one uh, trying to pursue uh, his passion. And it's really the story of a lot of young people uh, and I think that's why um, a lot of people were able to relate with it uh, because it was authentic I will add to that as well. It also showed another class um, that people didn't understand. Uh, they had been spoken about, but gave perspective into a whole other Kenya. Um, I want to know, did you know you have a hit on your hands while production was going on, while you know it was all up in the air and everything was happening? Did you know that this would be so monumental to Kenya? I think at the time, because it was a first time for most of us, first time I was directing. I've been, I've been, in, I've been in the industry for quite a while, but this was my first time directing. So I think I was quite overwhelmed by um, the the whole process. Uh, but one thing we did know for sure is that we were making something special. You know, it was, um, it, it was definitely something we all hadn't seen before. And and the more we, uh, the scenes came together, the more it felt special and to be honest we never thought about once the film was seen by people because at that time you're so engrossed in trying to make the days and in trying to make the film that you're trying to make which you don't know you know creative process you don't really know uh what it's gonna be um and and at the time really how people perceived or received it was not in our heads at all I want to know as well, a lot of directors tell me that it is uh, funding and collaborations that seems to be the biggest problem that they have. How did this collaboration come about with, you know, the German Institute? Um, I think it, it was mostly by luck. Okay. Um, um, Tom, Tom Tikwa, who's the uh, founding father of One Fine Day Films, which is behind this whole thing, uh, happened to uh, 
come around Kenya because at the time he was his wife now he was dating her and she used to come here all the time uh, for like three months so he happened to follow her you know and 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 see what she comes to do here in Kenya because she works with some kids in art in Madari and so forth and because he knows only film he's like okay so what's the film scene like and he decided to make a small film um, uh, as he thought at the time with Hawa Esuman a uh, film was called Soul Boy it's about a 60 film a 60 minute film uh, and he was shocked to find that there was professional crew yet not enough film films coming from here and when he asked why he found out that we don't have the funding so but we're professional because we uh, service films from outside so we've been able to get that experience and understand how to make quality films and so the idea came up you know let's do a master class um, where we get the Kenyan crew to be HODs of um, heads of departments because they're always assistants and to make your own film and he went looking for funding and um, that's how Nairobi Half-Life then happened to be. A decade later, there's been so much growth as well when it comes to the film industry. We're going to be getting into the conversation in just a bit. But don't forget for now, if you do have any questions, 0701-984-984. We're talking all things Nairobi Half-Life. It is The Fuse 984, myself, Anwara, and Nadia Favre, and I'm joined by Tosh Gitonga. We're talking all about Nairobi Half-Life because, you know what, it also marked the beginning of a new era of Kenyan filmmaking and exposed the vulnerability as well as the visibility and the power the industry of film can have in Kenya. Changed many minds, changed my mother's mind, let's be quite frank. Uh, it let me get to do theatre as well as a young kid, so I definitely say it has had such a huge impact. But I would want to know, a decade later, what do you think is still missing from the film industry? Um, well, um, I wouldn't say something is missing. I'd just say I think um, the industry is still an infant and, and the infant has to grow into an adult. And for that to happen, the infant has to be fed. Um, and I think that's what's really missing from the industry whereby we're in a space where a lot of people in the industry um, haven't really understood this. And and it's like literally treating your two-year-old baby like an adult. It's it's you're never gonna get any results. So I would like to say that it's still us. You know, we can all get what we want, but we must first understand where we're at, and addressing the problem as is is the first step. Mm. And and I think that's the best analo- analogy of it that. The industry is still an infant and we need to feed it and nurture it until it gets to an adult whereby then we can interact with it how we need to interact with it. And there's also a conversation that happens consistently about, you know, the same five actors we are chosen. What are directors looking for and what advice would you give for up-and-coming art, um, actors and even directors themselves as well? Yeah, I mean, that co- there's been a lot of debates, uh, I always see, where people are always like, oh, why is it the same people? Um, first and foremost, we must understand that this is a job. Uh, we must understand that um, you don't wake up because you want to be an actor and then you're a star. Um, acting is a skill that develops over time. Yes, you can, you may have talent, but you've got to develop that talent to uh, to a skill. And, and at the end of the day, um, 
filmmaking is expensive. Um, so for us, you know, sometimes when you come for auditions, I, I may spot talent, but I don't have the time to take 20 takes because you still have to get the, the, the take right. So I'll go with more experienced. You know, I'll go with someone who's hitting the mark on the spot because all the other dynamics rely on you being also good at what you do. So my advice would be, you know, don't wake up today and expect to be a kid actress or a Pascal Tokodi tomorrow. You need to understand that you have to grow yourself. And if you believe in your passion, um, take also the background roles, you know, and take them seriously because at the end of the day, even the background actors end up in the film. And we do spot, you know, talent in the background actors. And also for you, you, you're able to be in the room and once you're in the room, you're able to see how things are done, which is valuable for you to, you know, to help you grow. And I agree with you that everyone has to start somewhere. I want to know about you and how you got started as well. What brought you to become one of the best directors in Kenya? How did you start? I started from the bottom. And now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, it was by chance, really. Um, one thing I knew for sure was I didn't want a job that would put me behind a desk, a nine to five. I'm not your regular I, I, I knew I wouldn't survive in that world. So I thought marketing, and that's what I did in college, I thought marketing would be uh, a profession that would have me on the move, you know, because uh, you have to understand a lot of things when you're a marketer. So you can't be just behind a desk. And my then it so happened that my first internship was in a production house, and I got to um, experience the making of a movie from scratch. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched a film called uh, Dangerous Affairs. Nini Washera, mm. Sarah Mwihaki were the main stars. Um, and it was a, a Kenyan contemporary movie. It wasn't about um, child labor or, you know, those NGO type movies. It was really about lifestyle. And it was a lot of fun making that film because people were literally having fun making the film. And I was like, I like this. You know, it was long hours. We uh, we would work late into the night, up early in the morning. Um, same time, go to the clubs and, you know, and at the following day we were up and working. And I was like, okay, this is, this is fun. So that's how I started. And then I got into some um, productions from outside, like the White Maasai, um, German productions. Got to experience how, uh, you know, real film sets operate and just grew from there, from PA to the uh, director's department, from the third assistant, second assistant, first assistant, and finally directing. I see, fantastic. In just a bit, we're going to be having more of a conversation when it comes to Nairobi Half-Life, because something amazing is coming your way. 48 Hours with Disciples right here on The Fuse Before I Go. It's still talking all about Nairobi Half-Life, which is absolutely fantastic. It released in 2011. The film was screened at over 150 film festivals, won numerous awards, played almost an entire year in Kenyan cinemas and moved audiences around the world. Now, of course, I am joined by Tosh Kitonga and something special is happening on the 22nd of October. Maybe you can walk us through what to expect on the 22nd. Yeah, so... <clears throat> so we're trying to have like um like a get together uh where we can have a day to to celebrate the 
the 10 years um so on 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 saturday the 22nd we're going to have a few panels um happening on the on the day from about 12 and everybody's invited just come uh it's happening at this uh Z- <laughs> this hotel i will tell you the name just now <laughs> yeah so we have three panels i'm in one actually uh where we're going to be able to discuss all right, so we're going to be discussing the film as well as the impact it's been having as well. I'm just going to recognize the lead cast members. Uh, there's going to be some VIPs, alumni, government and industry officials will be there as well as the panel continues. And then there's going to be an after party at The Alchemist as well, which just sounds super, super exciting. Um, of course, this is a local and international gala screening uh, for the evening and live commentary as well. By the way, on the Fuse 94, you can let me know uh, how Nairobi Half-Life changed your life. And we're going to have all of this information information with the venue as well up there. I do want to know from you how we can find you on social media for up and coming artists who might want to send you a reel. Um, how do we find you on social media? Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So on the day, at um, we start at about 12.30, uh, arrival and check-in at the Zenaria Hotel. Um, then there's a bit of a welcome party there, cocktail kind of thing. And then from um, there's a first panel bringing Half Life to the world. Was going to be talking about distribution of NHL and how different it would work today. Looking back, we have Jacqueline Yanga, uh, who was um, actually at AFI Fest in LA when we when we uh, screened the film there in competition. Uh, she now is w- she's now with Balinale, important person. Um, Trishna Patel. Crimson Multimedia, who's been uh, in the cinema circle, she's done a lot for local films to be able to be seen in the cinema. So that's that's a treat to have her here. And Philip Hoffman from Rush Lake, who is a is a distributor. Um, and so for you guys to know, you're not selling your film to Netflix or anyone if you have no distributor. So you need to be looking at um, distribution keenly. And moder- moderated by our very own Willie Kumi from ADMI. Um, and then the second panel is at three to four, where we have uh, uh, where we're calling Wazi. We're on the internet, the new world of collaborating with streamers. Um, we have Sarah Williams from Independent Talent. Again, um, for people like me, directors, talent, um, you need to be able to have a manager who knows people and how to get you and open the door for you. Sarah Williams, indep- if you Google Independent Talent, is huge. Um, we're having really amazing people here. Uh, Henning, Henning Khan, who is uh, the, the, the producer-director of on, uh, Unorthodox from Germany. I think some of you may have seen that on Netflix. And if you haven't, you need to see. It's amazing. And then myself, um, <laughs> NHL director, um, which will be moderated by Sarika, who's a producer of Nairobi Half-Life, and Ginger Wilson from Ginger Inc., also producer. And then the last panel is Life After Half-Life. Um, uh, after 10 years. Um, uh, and the panel, we have Sarah Mohaki, one of the scriptwriters, Mukai Wawi Mwakaba, the editor, and Paul Ogola, one of the actors, uh, moderated by Sarah Williams. So I should, you should come. Um, all these panels are open for people to really understand the film industry and... Um, for you to be able to know how to progress with your career.
And if someone wants to follow you personally as well to see your journey, how can they find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on uh, the African Director. I call myself the African Director on um, Instagram and the African Deer on Twitter. This has been such an honor for me personally. Thank you so much for coming in. This information, by the way, will be up on our social media platform because this is something you cannot miss out on. If you're an up-and-coming actor, um, if you're an up-and-coming director as well, even if you're doing your A-levels in you know, acting and directing, this is something that you should definitely check out. As for me, I do have to love you and leave you. I'll be back again. Same time, same place on Friday. Nadia will be holding it down as I will take the day off. But for now, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Anwara on all platforms.